Hello everyone and welcome to the 30th episode of the Sport Overall Podcast and today I'm absolutely privileged to have a fellow rower on the podcast. Um, it is none other than Sunita Pasquera. Welcome on Sunita. Hi, thanks for having me. Father. So I suppose we'll start off like was sport a big thing in your household growing up like? Uh, it actually wasn't really like everyone did sports well my mom used to apparently used to do good in school with sports and stuff but I didn't really know that until I asked the question when I was growing up and uh, my sister was very good at running and stuff but she never did anything professionally or even like did any organized training sessions and stuff uh, I was kind of the only one who pursued it on a bit more serious level and um, up until I was like 15, 16 I didn't really know if it's going to happen or not so it was kind of just taking a day at a time and not really making big plans for the future so yeah just happened that way. And when did you stumble upon rowing then? Yeah I was around age 15, 16 when I kind of stumbled upon rowing. I Never heard of the sport before, so it was all new to me, and uh, it was an exciting challenge and something new to try. So I was all up for it. And uh, once I started rowing, I just fell in love with it and never looked back. That was it. And when did you like kind of notice um, that you were kind of good at rowing, I suppose, and could take it far? Um. Uh, I don't actually know when, but I was kind of always amongst like the better ones uh, in the rowing, but um, nothing until I'd say 2003, 2004 that I knew that I can actually do a little bit better. But again, it never actually transformed to doing something better. All my achievements at underage level was, I was like, 16th at the junior championships and then I did manage to get the bronze medal at under 23s but I I don't think I ever actually sat down I thought oh my god I'm going to be really really good it was just taking one year at a time setting the goals for the next year and trying to achieve them sometimes I did sometimes I didn't so I was just kind of from then on you move to the next year and see what what, what you want to get out of next year so it was never a really really long term and then obviously you moved to Ireland in 2006, if I'm right. Yeah. Um, and when did you, uh, like, I I know that you didn't really think about getting home <laughs> when you came here. When did you uh, realise that you wanted to get back into Rome over here? Uh, then that was when I missed the turn to the zoo and we ended up on Island Bridge. It was uh, autumn 2007 when we were bringing my friend to the zoo and we missed the turn. So we kind of drove straight to Island Bridge and came across all the people training at that time. And uh, that, that was it. It was kind of like a sign to me that I want, not the sign, I actually knew I want to get back in the boat. Because uh, before that, I had no idea where rowing was happening in Ireland. I never actually thought about getting back in a boat again competitively, never mind 
uh, never mind like even going to any regattas or anything. So it was just, it was like an instinct. You saw the boat, you you feel the itch to scratch it and get into the boat again. Um, yeah, it was kind of like interesting turn that we missed that, that led us to so many other events after. That was a useful run tournament. Yeah, it was the best, best missed turn ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know then you started competing for Ireland in 2010, if I might. Um, yeah, I think I did the first home international in 2009, and then I went to World Cup racing in 2010, and that was kind of like the, the rough eye-opener, you know, just to see where I was, and it was down low in the rankings anyway so and I'm a fellow roar myself uh, so it's just great to be here like talking to someone with uh, so much success and so much experience in the sport and like my goal is to train with all the o'clock someday hopefully soon <laughs> um, but like don't like it just seems to me that like there's um a great like team spirit on there when you're all training together and stuff like that. Uh yeah, it's it's definitely nicer when the group is much bigger. I used to train at an RC when there's like two people training and it's pretty pretty lonely. Um Definitely more fun when the group is big, and now obviously the dynamics a little bit is changing a little bit because every, it it happens every time after Olympics. It it just changes. It never stays the same. So dynamics different, and uh, uh, yeah, I've just kind of I've seen three of those cycles now, so I've kind of survived through through all of them. So now I'm just kind of floating around and seeing what happens and. Uh, kind of watching the change happen again. It's kind of interesting to see how it kind of goes in waves. And uh, yeah, usually the first year after Olympics is very quiet, but I think because it's such a short cycle now, it's going to be a bit busier, and which is good. Like it will keep us all going for longer. And um, not, many people, not, not many people can say that they're a three-time Olympian. So what? What does that feel like being a three-time Olympian? And what was like, I know there were three different scenarios, uh, but like, what was the, um, what, what did it feel like to be at an Olympics and competing at that high level? Um, so I started with the first one, Olympics was, first Olympics in London was quite special in terms of that to get there, I had to uh, break down a wall to actually qualify because there was no one, no other female athlete ever qualified for for Olympics in rowing for Ireland. So that was kind of like a big, big thing just to get myself there. And on a paper, I shouldn't even have made it. Like it, I was not the fastest one. I just I really, really wanted to make it, and I think that kind of carried me through. Um, so being in London was absolutely magical. I mean, everything about it was apart from result, but even then, like result, I think was okay considering I jumped in the last 
train and took the last seat to Olympics, you know, so that 13th place was okay with me. Um, yeah, and the crowds and everything and support I got was pretty, pretty special. Um, so the Rio was, um, we had a bigger women's team already, so that was exciting. And there was five of us going instead of just one in, uh, compared to London. Uh, so that was nice, uh, but the result obviously I wasn't happy with it because I I knew I was a better athlete than that. But it just was a little bit unlucky. Maybe like head wasn't in the right place. Maybe a few races and stuff. But anyway, it is what it is. And uh, being there was kind of tough experience. But then I came home eager to fix it. But now I'm thinking I have some sort of a curse for the Olympics. <laughs> it just seems not to work out for me. Uh, so Tokyo, as proud as I am to reach three Olympics, but the last two have broken my heart. So it's it's hard just to look at it as, oh, I made it to Olympics and I went there because I wanted much more from it, you know. So, um, yeah, but... I suppose I keep reminding myself I'm still two times world and European champion, so I have to count my blessings and and uh, look at it from a different angle, you know. But uh, we'll get there at some point. Yeah, not many, not many people can say they're a three-time Olympian and uh, world yeah, champion. I don't know. Like, um, I, as I said, I'm privileged to be here talking to you. Because you've had so much success in rowing, um, and I suppose, like, what does it like? I've, I presume you've had people saying, to you, "Oh yeah, you inspire me" and stuff like that. What does that feel like when when you hear that? Like, uh, people saying to you, "Oh yeah, you've inspired so and so to do this and all that." Oh, it's of course, it's very nice. Uh, I mean, when I came back from Tokyo, there were a good few letters with really, really nice content in them and people were very, very supportive. And uh, on my lowest days when I got that post, that actually kept me smiling. You know, it was really nice to get those letters saying that they've been inspired and they want to be like me when they grow up. You know, <laughs> So it's, it's something that... If I didn't never did sport, I would never get that. So that's there's no value to it. You can't put any value on that. So it's priceless. Um, yeah, um, I appreciate everyone who ever send me anything kind or all those nice letters and everything. And I still have full intentions to write to some of them back. Um, the most special is when the parents contact you and they say that their kids started rowing because they saw me racing. And so that means I got a few kids into the sport and that's that's a really nice feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I got into rowing when I was about um, 13, I'd say. Um, so that's some sport inclusion games and go away. Um, and I was just doing it for the crack. But then mm -hmm. this year, I watch the Olympics and the Paralympics like you do every year. And I don't know, just watching you, uh, watching the quad girls at one, watching Finton. And um, yeah, I don't know, something just flicked in my brain. And I <laughs> went 
after that I was like right I'm gonna You're going. Get, myself, get myself together and I want to get onto that Irish squad I want to get, get to run a, a Paralympic game yeah. Um, yeah we'll see where it takes me um, well we definitely need Paralympic team going because uh, there's definitely a lot of opportunities there yeah um, like there's me and uh, I don't know if you know Katie O'Brien Oh, I know Katie O'Brien. <laughs> yeah, so do yeah. I. Um, I, I actually, I, I'm great friends with Katie. Um, um, and yeah, she's been a, she's been a great help to me in, in the yeah, last yeah. while. So I, I'm hoping. I was thinking 2024, but I'm 17. Yeah. I'm, I'm only. Well, you'd be 20 by then, so. I don't reasonable. Know. I have I've not even tried to do as well. So. <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of opportunities and you'll be surprised once you have your head in the game how quickly you can improve and especially having Katie on board. I mean, she could give so much advice because she's been in it for a while and uh, knowing how much she wants to go to to Paralympics as well and everybody wants her to go so we've been looking for her for a partner for her for a long time <laughs> so um you know there are people who deserve success and she's one of them definitely but she needs help and it's wide open who helps her like you know and uh people can learn so much from her as well yeah I like I I know they've been searching hard for a partner for I'm like she deserves it so much. Like when it, like they, I just really want her to get a partner because, like, the work yeah. that she puts in is just yeah. crazy. And like for her to get a, get to the Paralympics would just be great. Like a dream come true. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, that's enough about that. Me as a power or any rowers in general or anything like that. I think um, it's good to kind of go all in, but at the same time, I'm learning it now that it's really good to have something on the side as well happening. I was always quite content about, I mean, just throwing, and obviously I have family, so that's my sidekick, you know, but, and I see girls doing college and rowing at the same time. I think it's good because if something doesn't work out, you always have a D plan B to fall back on. But in general, I think um, rowing does require a lot of time and effort. So um, that's why I kind of did only rowing for so long because I I didn't see myself combining job, family and rowing all together. But the general advice would be uh, it's just hard work and dedication what you need and you need to be like ready for the bad days and good days and on the bad days you just have to get through them and uh, give yourself a pat on the back for getting through them and also I think it is quite important to find enjoyment into it like getting out on a session doing the session in the water and enjoying it not like just waiting for it to end that's miserable but if you have like I used to find joy in just getting out on the water doing work and getting that nice flow in the boat and just focus on that and then once you get it going and you know it's going fast, it makes you feel so much better. 
so yeah, you have to really enjoy what you're doing. And I've been enjoying for so many years, even though sometimes it might not seem I did. But um, there's, yeah, there's definitely elements of joy you have to find in every session or every day. Yeah, that is the big thing. Like, there's no point in doing something if you don't enjoy it. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know there will be days when you're going to hate it, but in general, you have to know why you're doing why you're doing this and what's the bit that you like. Yeah. You know, like, um, I, I didn't know why I was rowing up until this year. Like, um, I didn't do it. I I enjoyed it. Like, um, and I was. Just, and that's the main thing. Yeah, sometimes you just have to enjoy it. I was doing it for the back. Um, but then, some, as I said, you know, someone just flicked the like, magazine, made me hungry. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens now. Um, yeah, but that's what you need. You can just... Uh, and it's it's good that you had it just for fun. At least now now you know you had your fun bit and you, you'll be ready to work a little bit harder. But you have that kind of connection with the rowing already. So... You know that it's it's nice in general, you know. Um, and I suppose, like, would you have any, like, I don't know, like, models that you live by or anything like that? Um, I can't say that I've been really trying to step in somebody's shoes. That's my son <laughs> sneaking past. Uh, so... I've kind of always looked at the people close by to me. So when I was younger, I used to look up to one girl who was a year older than me and she was very good. And then my dream was to get in a boat with her once and try to learn something from her. And I was quite lucky that I did get a chance. And uh, even though we didn't get good straight away, but we did manage to win the university games once in a double, and I really enjoyed that experience. Um, and then here, these days, I just look up to my teammates, really. Like, just, you know, on the days when you don't want to do anything, you just look at them and say, they're not complaining, they're just getting on with things. So you just do that. And uh, uh, yeah, I don't think I ever had, I don't know whether it's good or bad, but I never had like massive sporting idols that I'd be having posters on the wall or trying to to be them when I grow up. Uh, it was I was more in a general sense, you know. I I just like sports. That's it. Yeah. Um. I, as you saw, I put up a question box on my Instagram story. Um, was there any? <laughs> there was. Um. I'm just after getting them sent to me because I have an Instagram takeover today as well. So I forgot okay. to screenshot them last night. So I had to get my uh, guest to screenshot them and send them over to me. So I'm just after getting <laughs> them now. <laughs> so the first question is, have you retired from competing? Um, if so, what are your future plans? Uh, now I... Not quite sure what I'm going to do, whether I'm going to keep rowing or when I'm going to stop. So I think I need to step back a little bit. I'm still training a little bit, but I'm trying to figure out whether I'll be happy enough to retire after having a result like I had in Tokyo, or will I gonna will I just kind of 
rest for now, recuperate, and then go again. So it's a bit of a bit of a question mark over that at the moment. But I'm trying to find a job at the moment as well. So, and uh, that's the plan. Work and train. Um, I have an interesting question here. Every time I roll a hard piece, I get this anxious, um, anxious and nervous feeling in my chest. Any advice? Oh, yeah, everybody gets that. It's just the advice is just accept it, but still do it. Don't chicken out. Just push the fear to the back of your head. And the worst is the waiting for it. And then once you start doing it, you're fine. Because you're you're not asking your body to do anything you haven't trained for. So it's basically just starting the piece and keep going. That, that's my advice. And I have a question here. Any growing career regrets? Um, not really, no. I, I really don't. Like, my growing career here is like basically being in single for all these years, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I had some great races. I learned so much. Uh, uh, yeah, so maybe the last year the way it was managed, maybe a little bit of regrets there, but at that time, I didn't think that anything about it can be done. So um, it is what it is, but in general, not many regrets, no. And um, last question, did you have to sacrifice a lot to become an Olympian and would you do it again? Um, the sacrifice, I feel like, is a very strong word. Like, yes, I can say I've sacrificed a lot. Like, I mean, time with the family. This year alone, I was away for more than three months and they had to kind of just sit at home and watch me go. And, like, you know, even communication couldn't be good because being away in the camps, you're so focused on training that you just send a few messages a day. Um, and obviously, apart from this year, there's been a lot of sacrifices before. But then... I mean, when you really like what you do and you're all in it, the sacrifice doesn't feel as heavy maybe as it would be otherwise. There were a few sacrifices that I feel regards my sister were a bit harsh to to take, but but there was no other way. We just had to do the things the way we did them. And uh, yeah, I wish I could spend a bit more time with her before she passed away, but I, I didn't because I was rowing. And that's probably one of the kind of biggest sacrifices I had to do. And what would a typical training day look like for Selena now at the moment? At the moment? Uh, well, at the moment is I'm still trying to do my sessions in the morning and I also picked up basketball. So today I did... Um, one session in the morning in a pair which is very different from what i used to do so um just taking up a different challenge and uh th then i did weight sessions straight after and then in the evening again i'm going to play some basketball so that's um, my training day and when you were training for the olympics what was a typical training day look like then uh so during the winter be Typical training day would be the water session in the morning, about two, two and a half hours. Then 
if we do weights, you do weights and then third session would be like another ergo session or something like that. So it'd be three sessions a day. Sometimes it's two sessions, one session in the morning, which is kind of longer, one, two and a half hours, sometimes even three. Uh, and then one session in the evening could be around two hours as well. So it's pretty long, hard days, but it was okay at the time. I presume you despise the air like every other rower out there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a definitely love-hate relationship. I think it's you don't hate it as much when you're going well and you're feeling good and fit, but then once you, if something's off and you can't reach the same numbers, it's heartbreaking because you're like, oh my God, I'm getting so much worse. And of course, the most dreaded 2K tests. I mean, who likes them? Nobody. <laughs> so, but uh, usually if I was well prepared for that, I had no issue as well. You just get on the erg and do what you trained your body to do and that's it, simple. Yeah, um, I did one of them. I did a 2K test there about two weeks ago and I absolutely hated it. I got about 1K in, I was like, I want to give up, but I just had to yeah. keep myself, keep myself quiet and keep going. Um, yeah, and, and I did it, but I was absolutely dead after it. Yeah, that's a very familiar feeling. Um, I mean, it's a strange one because you hate it so much, but once you do it, and if you do it well, you're like, oh, sure, it wasn't that bad. It was terrible, but just because you get your PB or something, you feel like you achieved something big, you know, but then again, the ergs don't float. So there are people who are amazing on the ergs, but not so good on the water. So it's kind of, but yeah, it's an evil machine anyway. And I have one last question before I let you go. Um, are you going to the indoor own championships? This I don't think so. Answer? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, definitely not this year. Um, yeah, no thanks. I think I've I've done so many of them over twenty years that I'm like I think I've done my fair share of it. So I don't think I want to go back there ever again. Uh, yeah, I might. Uh, sure, who knows? Next year maybe. I don't know. But not at the moment. I haven't done much training on Eric at all, so I kind of. And a bit more of a hate relationship with it at the moment than love. So we'll see. That's what I'm training for now, and is uh, in North <laughs> on the 20th of November. Yeah, it's a good training tool, in fairness. Like, I mean, it's honest, it shows you where you are at any stage. And um, once you actually get used to it, it's not so bad. So, anyways, Nina. Um, thank you very, very much for no problem. coming on and having a chat with me. Um, I'm still a bit starstruck that I'm <laughs> here chatting to um, And yeah, I just want to wish you the best for the future, whatever you decide to do. And I'll leave the last word to you if you want. Uh, thanks very much for having me and uh, all the best for you as well with your your challenge now in the rowing will be keeping an eye out for you and following your progress. Thank you very much.
problems. I just want to say a massive, massive thank you to Sunina for coming on today. I had a great job with her. An absolute privilege to talk to someone with her success and her experience. And I just want to wish her all the best of luck in whatever she decides to do in the future. Mm -hmm.